Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellato, and today we have a great show lined up for you. I'd like to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Our cover features Brian Freed, who is the CEO of Epic Midstream, a great company, fabulous CEO, as well as a $5 billion company. It's a story that you don't want to miss. For your free digital issue, be sure to visit shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Uh, to get your free digital issue of the latest issue of Shell Magazine. And if, by chance, you happen to be in the Midland, Odessa area on October 28th, feel free to join us at our all-stream mixer. It'll be located in the Doubletree Houston Sky Bar. It's a mixer you do not want to miss because it's all streams. We will have wonderful door prizes as well as a great discussion from our speaker. For information and tickets, please be sure to visit shellmag.com and click on the ticket link banner at the top. We also have an upcoming mixer scheduled for November 17th in Houston, Texas. It is at the beautiful Fogo de Chao in the Woodlands area. Our speakers will consist of the Vice President of Halliburton, Paul Shepard, along with the Honorable Jason Isaac from the Texas Public Policy Foundation Life Powered Unit. So, be sure to go to shellmag.com and get your tickets because both of these events will be a sold-out event. And lastly, let me tell you about our upcoming annual State of Energy Luncheon in beautiful Houston, Texas at the Houston Club. It's scheduled for December 2nd. This will be a sold-out event as it is every year. Get your tickets now. And for sponsorship, you're welcome to go to shellmag.com. These, some of the speakers that will be... Visiting the luncheon is Chairman Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission, along with Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, just to name a few. Once again, to get more information on the State of Energy Luncheon happening December the 2nd at the beautiful Houston Club, please be sure to visit shellmag.com, purchase your tickets for our mixer, sponsor the event for the luncheon, and read all about the latest and free digital issue at shellmag.com. And now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host and the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It sure is. And I'm excited because we have a great guest lined up later on in the show. We're going to be joined by Mike Howard with Howard Energy Partners, the CEO as well as the chairman. And uh, he's going to weigh in on what's happening globally with the supply chain and, of course, the increase in prices. But before we bring him on, let's talk about uh, last week. The U.N. Secretary General, uh, Antonio Gutierrez, lectured Texas on its need to diversify its economy away from oil and gas. It's funny. Um, I thought that we had been doing that already for years now. And uh, so what is he talking about? And two, why is the U.N. lecturing Texas to begin with? <laughs> well, I kind of feel like bowling questions. lanes. Like, why don't you stay in your bowling lane? Uh, yeah, because those, you're are, some- those are 
really, really good question. I did not respond to that very well. I, uh, I really kind of like a true Texan. We don't. General. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. You know, he, um, look, it, Texas has been in the wake of the 1985 oil bust. This goes back, uh, how many years is that? 36 years. Um, Leaders in Texas realized that our state was overly dependent on the oil and gas industry for its economic health. And so they then, at that time, 36 years ago, began uh, putting in place a series of, of bills and policies uh, to, to, to help diversify the economy, help attract new business and, and different kinds of companies into this state to diversify our economy. And my God, it's been one of the most successful initiatives the Texas governor government has ever engaged in. Our, our economy is, you know, the secretary talked about talked about uh, the need for Texas to become a leader in wind and solar. Well, my goodness, we, we already are by far the, the biggest wind state in the country. Uh, there's only like half a dozen countries on the face of the earth that produce more wind power than Texas does. Texas has the second largest solar power sector in the whole country, just behind California. We're gonna surpass California by 2023. Um, Tesla, uh, (laughs) Elon Musk is moving his whole company here. Mm -hmm. He's building a gigafactory outside of Austin that's big enough to have its own solar system. Um, You you know, I mean, all the high-tech industry that's come into Austin and San Antonio and Dallas and and Houston uh, over the past 20 years, uh, this is, really and truly Texas really rivals California as the most diverse economy in the United States. And for, for the secretary general to single us out, um, it was really, really just really ignorant. I mean, I was going to say that's the best word who, for it. whoever is your speech writer, you should fire immediately. <laughs> yeah. Because it was just really dumb. On a global <laughs> stage, you do not look very informed. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Sure. Very nicely. Let's switch. Let's switch gears and talk about the Financial Times. They reported this week that China is now rationing diesel in some parts yeah. of the country, and much of Europe is still facing severe shortages of natural gas. And that's because, gee, the wind has stopped over there for some reason. <laughs> that sounds like a problem we're going to have to take up with the Lord because that is the problem with wind. Um, and if it doesn't produce, now what? So. Right. I guess the question is, are we heading for an energy crisis? And it sure does seem like it. And it isn't a Texas crisis, and it isn't a United States crisis. It seems like we're going to have a global crisis here very soon. Right. Yeah, I mean, we are, and it's going to be a really bad one. It's going to be a huge train wreck on energy in Europe and Asia this this winter. Uh, hopefully, that won't uh, also happen in the United States. But with this current administration, who knows? Um, you're right. I mean, it's largely because the wind stopped blowing this summer in Europe and and those countries, the UK, Germany, Spain, France, Portugal, where the secretary general is from, you know, have spent the last 10, 12 years uh, outlawing hydraulic fracturing, retiring all their natural gas and coal plants and building a bunch of windmills. And so when the wind stopped blowing in Europe, for whatever reason, um, they, they didn't have enough power. They couldn't generate enough electricity to feed their economies. And it's becoming a rolling disaster mm-hmm. uh, for Europe and, and, of course, in China as well. China has uh, 
doesn't have enough uh, gasoline coming in to supply its economy. And they're having to, you know, literally shut down entire sectors of their economy because they just didn't plan to, to have enough fuel on hand. So um, this winter is going to be very cold and very difficult uh, in a lot, lot of the world. And we, we need to, to pray that it does not become deadly as a result. Well, and it, deadly, yes, and we need to pray because I think there's also another issue, which is when we start looking at all of these uh, countries becoming unstable because yeah. their population is very unhappy with their government and they want answers and they want someone accountable. And, and they you know, deserve answers. They, I mean, the people in those countries deserve answers. They do, but, you know, these these elected officials should really start waking up now and recognizing they're they're just now being heckled okay they're they're you know the the uh, let's go brandon phenomena <laughs> you know what it's just starting and and people are being nice about it because it hasn't gotten to a point where they're not chanting anymore they're out in the streets again and and in a much more angrier way and a lot larger and that's kind of where i see if things don't start if these elected officials globally don't start recognizing the problem quickly they're going to have major problems. Let's uh, talk about the supply chain. Uh, that okay. seems, you know, uh, parents, are we going to have Christmas or are questioning? You know, right now uh, we have a huge problem with Halloween costumes not being able to be found on the shelves uh, because of the supply chain issue. And is Christmas going to be a repeat? I don't know. So uh, have the has the Biden administration, uh, what have they done to recognize the problem. Uh, what are what are their plans? What are they doing? Well, they're not really doing anything effective. I mean, they you know they announced some measures out to try to improve things uh, out in California uh, at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach a few weeks ago, but uh, you know they're, they're not having any real impact because uh, the measures they knew would fail in advance. They talked about you know having. Those two ports operate on a 24-7 basis. Well, Long Beach has been operating on a 24-7 basis. And Los Angeles can't operate on a 24-7 basis because there aren't enough dock workers to, to, to staff the port. Right. So they can't do it. And even if they could, they can offload all those containers off of all those ships sitting out in the ocean offshore. Uh, nobody, there's not enough trucks to take them away because of California's crazy uh, environmental regulations. Half the, half the long haul trucks in the United States can't even enter the border of California because they don't meet the state's ridiculous emissions requirements, okay? That's the real problem with supply chains in this country. I was going to say, it, it doesn't even seem like it's a supply chain problem. It seems like it's a, are, do you have a brain to think logical problem. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, are exactly you supposed to stick uh, sugar and toys and Halloween costumes in pipelines now? Uh, <laughs> you know, they don't, they're, they're against that. They're against trucks. Uh, these environmentalists, I don't know where they think these things get delivered and, and how do they, I mean, it is well, they ridiculous. Don't. They don't, yeah, they, they don't, don't put two and two together. Through. Yes. Right. It's going to equal four somewhere. So how are we going to transport these things? If you have outlawed pipelines, uh, you've outlawed trucks trains are another problem i mean how do these things get delivered and they just it's shocking to me that they do not have any solutions this administration uh these 
liberal lefties that that don't really think about these things i guess is no they don't they don't think through the consequences of their actions and so you end up with all of these major unintended consequences and the biden administration doesn't have anybody working in it that has a clue uh, about how to resolve it and that's reality that's the truth and that's a scary you shouldn't thing. be shy about saying it right it's a scary scary thing we're facing Well, David, that is all the time we have for this segment. But when we return, we will be joined by Mike Howard, the CEO and chairman of Howard Energy Partners. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And now, David, it is time to welcome on our guest, Mike Howard, the chairman and CEO of Howard Energy Partners. Mike, welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hey, Kim. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Hey, Mike. Welcome back. We haven't had you for a while, and we're excited to have you back. We've got a lot of questions for you. Um, The show, we hope to achieve uh, more of a a view of what a CEO-level is looking at with all of the regulatory uh, things that are happening in the administration as well as globally and how uh, someone at a CEO level is, is trying to maneuver through the energy transition. So we've got a lot of questions coming up, but before we get into that, I want to start a little bit with your background. Um, of course, chairman and CEO of Howard Energy Partners, that's a, a pretty big job. You also have 26 years of midstream experience with some of the largest uh, midstream companies. Uh, energy transfer to, to mention is one, um, but the transition quickly tell us how how you kind of came about uh, starting howard energy partners before we get started yeah thank you you know i was president of energy's transfers uh, midstream division and after uh, five years of that job uh, doing over seven billion dollars of infrastructure projects organically i was thinking you know if i could do something like that for myself uh with my own capital how would that uh, go and and really wanted to work for a meaningful endeavor. Uh, start smaller and build up. And here we are, ten years later. Uh, we've had we've we've grown seventy five percent an annual compounded growth rate over those ten years. And uh, it, it, nothing's slowing down. We, we've been continuing to be blessed and and doing great um, uh, right now, even through the pandemic and now in twenty twenty one. And now we have this energy crunch that we'll be talking about here a little bit later on, uh, which we've been predicting for a while. So I'm looking forward to, to, to talking about it. You know, not to mention, though, Mike, that Howard Energy Partners is really a good partner. Um, it's funny how you put that in, in your name, but it also is when you look out in the communities that you guys are working in, it reflects rather it's San Antonio, Corpus, or any of the other places that you um, have assets in. They're, you're always giving back to the community, and that's so important. So wanted to, to recognize that as well. Um, let's let's start with the UN. Uh, they issued another report recently advocating that all new exploration for oil and gas resources uh, should be canceled immediately. 
And this is the UN, right? Uh, so tell me, how does a CEO respond to that? You know, it's interesting. We've been talking about this for quite some time now and that there is a disconnect between uh, uh, physical reality and thermodynamics and what the UN keeps putting out that we know for a fact through human history that poverty uh, is tied to energy use. Uh, there's no such thing as a uh, low energy, high income country. There's no such thing as a low energy, high income individual. Uh, that if you want to live a good quality of life, you have to use energy. The most reliable, portable form of energy today we have on the planet, the only thing we've invented so far that we've been able to extract from the earth is fossil fuels. And that's why 84% of the energy consumed on the planet is from fossil fuels. It's not because we, uh, we uh, want to use them, it's because we have to use them. Uh, and while there's an energy uh, transition going on, uh, it will take decades and decades uh, for it to happen because there is, there's been no invention of an energy form that we can use to power our lives the way we're used to living them. And so this thought that we can do that quickly, uh, like the UN is uh, projecting or the, the other uh, big institutional capital people, you know, for instance, uh, uh, Blackstone or uh, the Harvard pension or most recently the Norwegian pension, you know, by starving capital to the, the, the source of energy that gives us our life is doing nothing but raising energy prices, which hurts the poor the worst. It, it, so as a CEO, I believe I'm in a great industry that is doing great for the planet. I don't know that I could be doing anything at a higher purpose than working for an energy company to continue to bring energy to people to live their lives. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and thinking about how we're lacking in infrastructure because of the amount of money that they are re taking off the table to allow uh, energy companies, midstream companies to continue to build that infrastructure. At some point, uh, don't we have a really significant problem with trying to catch back up with um, what we haven't been uh, building in the way of infrastructure and then the demand, because we know that energy demand is only on the rise and it's only going to continue. So when does all of this kind of hit the wall, so to speak, where the general population understands there are a lot of people doing a lot of things in this place we call energy transition, but I don't think that they come from a place of really uh, informed of what is going to be the outcome down the road when it's time for us to pay the piper. It's what, what I've been seeing in the past year is this realization that's going on. I've read a bunch of articles just in the last two weeks about this, where uh, prices is the thing that people start recognizing going like, hey, what's going on? Why is my food more expensive? Why is my electricity bill more expensive? Why is my gasoline pump more expensive? Um, that's where a consumer, uh, it really starts hitting home. Why, why do we have a backup uh, in transistors going on? What, why, why are there ships backed up in ports? Uh, you know, all the things that are going on from a supply chain standpoint and from an a inflation standpoint, that is where policy gets made, in my opinion. We have enjoyed cheap energy uh, for years now. Um, you know, if you recall back in between 2000 and 2010, when natural gas prices in the U.S. were six, seven, eight bucks, we'd see $25 natural gas in the winter times. We, we have such a short memory, we forgot 15 years ago already. <laughs> Right. And and we, we could get back to that 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 time frame. And I think we're kind of approaching Europe. Obviously, is approaching there. Asia is there. Um, whenever you starve supply and innovation, which the capital markets have done, uh, and you have demand flat to increasing because we know that poverty is tied to energy, you're going to have this market disconnect. That's really going to wake up consumers. 
And I have this, this thing I've been saying here lately is that greed will overcome ESG. Not, not and, and, <laughs> and greed, not in a bad way. Greed meaning high return capital projects like drilling for oil and gas and, yeah. and uh, mining for coal. Uh, that people will figure out that, that, that we have to do it in a better way, in a more environmentally friendly way. And get we're already the best in the world. We, we want to lead the world in being the best at extracting uh, fossil fuels. Um, but at the same time, uh, uh, you're going to need it. And, and so starving exactly. us as an industry is not smart. Exactly. Mike, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to continue on the UN. You're listening to and the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. The 23rd World Petroleum Congress brings the global industry to the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, December 5th through 9th, 2021, for a week of forward-looking conversation that will shape the future of energy. The Congress will be centered around the theme of innovative energy solutions, drawing inspiration from the innovative spirit of the industry over the decades. Delegates can expect robust strategic, technical, and U.S. programs with perspectives from government leaders, CEOs, academia, and other expert speakers on the industry trends, as well as creative solutions and best practices to address current energy challenges. Delegates will have the opportunity to attend industry inside luncheons and numerous networking events that will build new professional relationships and strengthen existing ones. Also, they can explore the Congress exhibition where leading international companies will showcase their innovations. Make your mark at the World Petroleum Congress and be a part of the beginning of what's next. To learn more and register, visit www.23wpchouston.com. That's www.23wpchouston.com. We're back. You're listening to on the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Mike Howard, Chairman and CEO of Howard Energy Partners. Hey, Mike. Uh, this is David. Listen, um, speaking of the UN, uh, we're all here in Texas, and uh, uh, the Secretary General of the UN, Antonio Guterres, last week uh, really engaged in quite a lecture of Texas and Texans about the need for us to diversify our economy if we want to remain prosperous prosperous uh, in the decades to come. And I, I, you know, this really struck me the wrong way because I know, and I know you're, you know as well, that Texas has been extraordinarily successful in diversifying its economy really since the mid 1980s after we had the big oil bust in that decade. And, and I, I mean, I mean, don't we already have a very diverse economy here in the state of Texas right now? Gosh, we have so many things to be proud of. You know, we're the largest wind producer. The next five states combined don't don't add up to our renewable energy. We're growing in solar. Uh, no, no one is going to uh, beat us in solar, even California. Uh, we're by far the largest oil and gas producer. So just the energy segment alone of Texas, we punch way above our weight uh, per, per citizen. Then you throw in the technology boom that's going on everywhere, the manufacturing boom, the importation of Californians, and others uh, to start business here in Texas. Uh, we're a business friendly state. Uh, I'm very proud of our state and the diversification we've done. The oil and gas sector, while it provides a bunch of money to our economy, it is not the majority of our economy. Uh, it, 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 is a, it is a great example, I believe, of how you can have um, a, a vibrant economy and you have a ton of manufacturing and extractive technologies in our state, and you don't walk around and see a bunch of people with uh, medical issues and other things that people say that these, these, this kind of economy will bring. I mean, I, I think we, we, we are the model 
of, of yeah. what economy could do from a diversification standpoint. Yeah, and, and you know, we talked about the UN uh, and its demands really of, of regarding uh, this energy transition, but 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 when you look at what the U.S. Energy Information Administration is putting out, uh, their monthly report last month, they did a projection on, you know, how all different energy sources are going to grow through 2050. And their projection shows oil and natural gas both continuing to grow in terms of global demand and global production all the way through 2050 and even beyond. How, how, I mean, how is it that we get such disparate projections uh, from, from the EIA here in the United States and, and the, the UN's IEA? I mean, what is going on there? It's very disingenuous in that um, uh, you, how do you show even the UN's own uh, projections for population growth on the planet between now and 2050 and now and 2100? It does peak eventually because as the world comes out of poverty, population does peak. But it's very disingenuous to assume that you're going to use less energy per, po per population. And we know through history, that's just not right. the way humans work. Um, and so I believe, and, and I've read some of the reports in the UN where the data is solid, but when they get up to the summaries that they, that they give to the media and, and the politicians, the summaries are very a very different look of the same data. Uh, where I, I would probably write it something differently, uh, uh, but, but the way they write it, you have exactly what you said, which is it's not logical uh, to, to project increasing population, uh, increasing energy use, and then the, uh, that oil and natural gas and coal are going away. Uh, it, 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 that's not scientifically sound. I mean, in the reality, it's, it's mainly just because it's all so politically motivated. 100% political in our estimation. Yeah. And then it comes back to also the listeners who are listening to the show today and saying, we're paying so much more for everything, as you said earlier, Mike. And yet here is the UN coming in and telling Texas what we need to be doing. Um, and it just seems uh, I can I can I can picture a listener saying, hey, how about this? You're in stay in your lane. You're, you're really you have no idea the hardships that we're going through and you're talking to a state that has really relied on Texas, my, uh, on oil and gas, my job depends on it. Um, and uh, don't appreciate that kind of rhetoric, especially when you know it's politically driven as well. We're going to take a break. We're going we get back. We're going to stay. Uh, we're going to talk about Europe and what's happening over there. And we're going to continue to bring back the conversation of the natural gas prices. We have to take a quick break. You're listening to an oil patch radio show. And we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210 210- 471-1923 and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. And we're back. You're listening to on the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Mike Howard, CEO and Chairman of Howard Energy Partners. 
Well, Mike, let's let's talk about uh, real things that are happening in the real world right now where energy is concerned. Uh, much of Europe uh, is really facing the prospect of a pretty dire energy crisis uh, as we move into the winter season. Europe doesn't have enough, enough natural gas. Uh, Putin has been using that uh, situation to kind of get, you know, jack up prices for natural gas that he provides them and 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 they they're really having a hard time obtaining enough for the winter um talk about how that situation in your view has evolved over the last eight or ten years and how bad do you think it might get over there over the winter you know it, it goes to show that that uh you know and matt ridley is a great author that talks about this you know when you start with banning fracking uh years ago like they've done uh they 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 uh germany went all in on wind energy um, you know, and, and then you have the facts of the situation that they're using uh, more energy today than they did 10 years ago. Their only source of energy in, that's closest to them is Russia. Uh, Daniel Jurgen's book, The New Map this year, I think spelled it out very well on explaining uh, this situation. And those of us that study energy and, and look at it, this is not a new phenomenon. You could see this train coming down the tracks. This is not uh, the media is acting like it, it, it was unexpected. This is completely <laughs> expected. Uh, th this is exactly what happens when you restrict supply, you keep demand the same, uh, people want to live their lives. And so they've been willing to live with higher um, uh, gasoline prices in Europe more than us. You know, They've been willing to live with higher energy prices, but at some point, uh, th this is hurting industry. You have fertilizer plants shutting down over there. You have other industries dependent on natural gas and energy that are just leaving the country because they just can't they, they can't perform uh, and, and raise their prices enough to meet their supply prices. So, you know, you have it, it's just going to hurt people. Uh, and that's what we're seeing now. I was just going to ask you more on a, a humanitarian standpoint. Do they do they make the connection? Do you think that they make the connection that when you start doing this, as you said earlier, it leads to poverty, poverty leads to death? At what point do the elected officials and these people making these decisions for political reasons and financial reasons and, and greed, at what point do they finally wake up and recognize that they have completely, you know, devastated potentially uh, an entire industry? They've hurt the entire country. And are, and, and are they also ever accountable? I mean, where does this stop? Because are we heading down that track, too, in the way of the United States with the administration we have right now? And I know these are all just questions that no one can really answer, but your thought, because you, you also are a very caring individual, too. And, and, we, and I think we do try to portray ourselves as we care about the planet. We're all environmentalists. But this, when you start doing this, this leads to really bad things. And, and who's going to start that conversation with the general public? Like, it's okay to be an environmentalist, but realize the flip side of it is you're, it's going to really bad things are going to start happening to a whole lot of people when this really starts playing out. I tell you, they're, they're, that's a good question. There feels like there's a movement going on in the U.S. When, when you have younger people starting to wake up a little bit, mostly, you know, the Bitcoin crowd, you know, the, the, the young, I don't know what generation you call them, but the, 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 the late 20 something, early 30 somethings that are starting to recognize that this green energy thing, something's going on there, you know, that, that, that doesn't make logical scientific sense. Um, and, and we're seeing more and more people uh, talk about the, the impact this is having on their lives, where if you make energy more expensive, everything in your life is more expensive. Um, you start hurting industry a lot when you start 
driving less, you start flying less because energy is so expensive and impacting real lives and real economies. And then the other thing that, that, that people are realizing now that the U.S. is the cleanest, best place to, 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 to get energy from where every other place that you extract energy from is from really bad regimes and really bad places, whether it be from um, uh, Libya, Iraq, Russia, um, even yeah. Saudi Arabia from a humanitarian standpoint, you know, like, like wh where else are you going to get your energy from? You know? Yeah, Mike, I, you talk about the young people waking up. I like to, I like to use the analogy that Mike Tyson famously said one time that every fighter's got a plan until he gets punched in the mouth. <laughs> and these young people, these young environmentalists, you know, they've, they've had this plan and this fantasy that, that, that we're just all going to live on windmills and solar panels and, and sweetness and light. And now they've gotten punched in the mouth with these big high utility and gasoline bills. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's waking them up. And, and that's kind of how life works, isn't it? Well, it's easy to say that we can that transition. You write some software and you transition, you know, you, you update your code, you update your database. Physical realities of thermodynamics and the way energy works, you can neither create it nor destroy it. It has to come from somewhere. And, and a, a software program is not going to do it. And th this is very basic science stuff. And it's interesting that science gets used against us all the time. Uh, <laughs> that, that you cut off gasoline supply to the Northeast because Colonial gets hacked or you get uh, a, a winter storm and you get you cut off your energy to your house for four days, people get interested in energy real quick. And that's just a very small micro interruptions in our daily lives. That, yeah. That's not receiving a, a package by Amazon. That's not being able to, to heat your home. Totally different, you know? And what we do is fund foundational to life. And uh, I think that's gonna, politicians are, I, I can feel a movement going on where they're going, oh man, we're not gonna get reelected if our energy prices are like this, you know? Yeah, because the majority of your constituents are the ones who are feeling it the hardest, which we always talk about the indigent and the poor. Um, we are gonna take a break, but Mike, when we come back, I wanna talk about the natural gas prices and how um, they have actually doubled this year. And now they're predicting that they're going to go even higher, of course, in the winter, right? Uh, and winter's just starting. And I think that, you know, here in San Antonio, we have uh, we are regulated um, with our utilities. We have one utility company, and they're already projecting the bills are going to go uh, up significantly. And so I'm wondering, I want to talk about how what this means to the consumer, that when they are hearing winter's coming, natural gas has doubled, I don't think they quite understand how it's going to affect their life. So I want to get back on that topic. We've got to take a quick break. You're listening to an Oil Patch Radio show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founder Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals or dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. 
Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 2407188 again 2102407188 And we're back you're listening to in the Old Patch Radio show our guest today is Mike Howard chairman and CEO of Howard Energy Partners Mike before the break we were discussing how natural gas prices have doubled this year and some are predicting that it's going to go even higher because of the winter. Tell us that, first of all, we've always enjoyed natural gas uh, prices very low for a long time, years and years and years. What is going to happen if, if this continues to rise, and how is it going to affect the daily consumer that's listening to the show? It, prices are going to go up at your house. That's just that's a fact of what's going on. Uh, you have an industry that well, historically has taken all the capital that they made, all the money they made, sunk it right back into the ground to grow uh, uh, volumes. What's going on now that most of the coal switching has, has gone on to natural gas and you have LNG that's pulling natural gas. So you have demand of natural gas now higher than it's ever been. You have production higher than it's ever been, but you have capital that is lowest that has been in years. And so, and, and as everybody knows, probably that listens to your show, is that every oil and gas well drilled declines naturally. So you have to spend billions of dollars to offset decline in the U.S., much less to increase uh, incline. So you have Europe and Asia pulling more. If they have a cold winter uh, across the world, or if we have a cold winter, uh, uh, look out. You know, it's going to be like it used to be, which before the shell revolution happened before 2005 this is what we experienced we would experience ten dollar swings in natural yeah. gas in the u.s and why wouldn't it get back there uh because now we have a higher demand than we've ever had and and then you have regulation this administration is as cutting off access to supply whether it be in new york pennsylvania ohio or try to build a pipeline right now in the u.s it's very 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 difficult very and, and, and you're going to need to offset because the places where we have oil and gas today is not where we're going to have it in 10 years. It's going to move. It's going to migrate. You have to build more infrastructure to those new places, and you can't build infrastructure. So, again, you're constraining supply. You're increasing to keeping demand flat. It's just going to cause higher prices. David, I know you have a question for Mike. Yeah, Mike, uh, you know, here in Texas, you know, we're, you know, obviously we're going into winter. Uh, we had the big freeze last February with all the blackouts. Uh, real, you know, that identified this uh, series of major issues uh, related to the Texas power grid. I wonder, from your perspective, do you see, you know, over the past several months, policymakers in the industry uh, taking the steps you think uh, that uh, we all know, frankly, are necessary to, 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 you know, upgrade the reliability of the grid going into the winter season? I, I don't think we got it quite right in the, on, the, on the legislature. It's such a hard and complicated, diverse problem. We try to narrow it down to say winterization. We try to say those things. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that we learned a lot as an industry, as ERCOT, 
the way they regulate their power. I think they're going to be very careful what industries they cut power to this time around. Uh, they won't cut the Permian Basin off from producing natural <laughs> gas, which is the constraint that they found. They called it winterization, but I think it was more uh, critical infrastructure management. And so right. I, I think we've gotten better. Uh, but regulatory-wise, while there's some good weatherization stuff, it, it's too soon from last February to think that we've done what we're perfect. But I think we're going to be a lot better this winter than we were. Let's talk about your area of expertise, the pipeline sector. Um, how are you guys um, dealing with the impact of all of this volatility in the markets? I mean, you said earlier that it's hard to even get a permit through right now. H how is the midstream uh, midstream section dealing in pipelines? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, what, like everybody else, we're, we're having to plan a little longer. We know that right-of-ways will take longer. We know that regulation, that permits will take longer. Uh, we're setting our customers' expectations. We're putting our prices, steel prices are at an all-time high right now, just getting pipe, just getting any kind of material right now. And if you turn loose a couple trillion dollars in the government to do infrastructure projects, you're not going to get lower steel prices. Labor's at an all-time low right now. Trying to find labor right now is, is, is ridiculously hard in every industry that I talk to, all the CEOs of different industries, not just the oil and gas. Oil and gas is specifically hard just because uh, we, we've, we've stopped infrastructure the last couple of years, right? So right. there's nobody welding pipe right now. There's, there's nobody digging ditches in a, in a major, uh, major spread way. So we have a lot of challenges, but you know, as an industry, we always have some kind of challenge, right? And so that's what we do. And if it was easy, everybody could do it. So I'm not concerned that we're going to stop energy. It's just going to get more expensive for sure. Talk about getting more expensive. Uh, I, you know, I've saw projections this week of, uh, $100 oil uh, over the winter. I think it was from Barclays or maybe it was Bank of America. I mean, do you, you know, kind of, I, I, people don't really understand how that situation has evolved either here. I mean, we all thought, or the public has been so propagandized, I think, by our news media to think that, oh, you know, demand for oil is going down and prices are going to get lower because of that. That isn't really what's happened here, is it? I mean, we've just had kind of a, uh, the market behaving opposite to what the narrative is, haven't we? No, the facts of the situation are last month was the highest oil demand use in the U.S. in its history. 22.8 million barrels a day last month or something like that, you know. Uh, every commodity, whether it be gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, is back to 2019 levels and climbing. Uh, you know, we, we have as much oil demand today as we, we've ever had. This rhetoric of, of work is going down. I, I don't, you know, the, the, these numbers are public numbers. This is not, you know, this is not a guess. And, and I, I, I'm not into predicting future oil prices because I, I think, you know, random guesses are probably just as good as educated guesses are. But I think that's supply, right. Yeah. Just the supply and demand that I look at is 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 uh you got demand flat to increasing, you got supply dwindling. Any product, you just have higher prices. That's just the way it goes. You know, what I, about supply chains, Mike? I mean, we see we all this uh, news about uh, container ships, right? And the container uh, uh, supply chain issues going on. Are supply chains? Uh, for the oil and gas business also being negatively impacted here in this 100 percent yep from from uh parts and pieces pipe to to labor we, we are constrained right now and and we don't see an end in sight that's what's kind of interesting about it is we, we we don't see you know what's going on because we're not booming right we only have what 600 rigs working in the u.s you know we, we don't have any major big pipelines right. going on in the u.s 
you turn loose some infrastructure uh, stuff, it, it's going to get more expensive and harder to do. Right. Well, you know, um, I read a, a media piece yesterday. I won't mention the company, but it was one of the large integrated CEOs did an interview. And his response was what keeps him up at night when they asked him. And he said, when this constraint finally catches up with the demand that's going to be required worldwide and the fact that we're not going to be able to respond fast enough because we have let the infrastructure, we have not invested in infrastructure. And that's what keeps him up of night, at night. And it makes perfect sense. You know, you can't just create the infrastructure overnight. It takes years. It takes time. And then you have a, a demand and you have a lack of supply. Cushing is running uh, low. I mean, this is, we're getting ready to see some really uh, not fun times here soon. But, Mike, that is all the time that we have. Uh, I hate to leave the show on a negative. <laughs> but Hey, we, we, we're in a great industry, though. Listen, that's we're, right. We're the place we to are. Be. You it's know? a bouncing back industry, and you, like you said earlier, it is, this is not an industry for the weak. Thank God we have nothing but really strong people that are ready to meet the energy okay. demands for the world in, in, in the future. Mike, thank you for being a guest on uh, in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, guys. I'm a big fan of y'all. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.